Let's do it. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Ever Adaptive Podcast. I'm your host, Becky Flowers, along with my co-host here, Sarah Budson. What's up, guys? Happy New Year. Yeah, Happy New Year. Well, we've had a couple release since this, or one release since, but our first, just me and you, shooting the shit since 2024 has started. I know. I'm excited. And we have a good one for you guys today. We are talking about getting my gallon of water out of the frame. I'm um, so excited about this <laughs> this topic. It is it is such a good one, and it's one that we're really passionate about. Um, but it's also going to hit home for a lot of people if you are doing dry January or you're just trying to cut back for the new year on your alcohol consumption. Um, we're going to talk about our experience and then give some tips at the end for handling life. Yeah. Yeah. This is something I have a bug fan again, of course. (laughs) Um, this is something that obviously both Becky and I are very passionate about. Uh, we don't ever really drink, but we used to. And so it's taken a lot to get there. And I know a lot of people that, Maybe they don't want to quit, um, but maybe just want to be more conscious of their alcohol intake or slow down or really kind of just lean into that, the hardness of the stigma of like, I have to go out and drink with friends. It's like, dude, the other Friday, Friday night, Saturday night, I went out with a friend and played pool and drank Diet Coke and water. Like, I love it. It's doable, guys. Like, come it on. Is, but it's so hard when you are in such like a mindset of I need alcohol in order to go out. It's a habit that you have to break. Point yes. Blank. It's very a habit that you have to break and you have to be very conscious of it. But um, really just, I mean, we, we want to speak to those people who wanted to do, you know, dry January or quit cold turkey or just be more conscious and drink less, um, but also give tangible tips on what has worked for us. Um, but also kind of just like the cold, hard facts of how booze affects our bodies, because guys, it's really bad. It is. And we kind of want to approach this where we don't want you to come from the mindset of we are demonizing you or judging. Yeah. Yeah. Because I know that's when you have these feelings of alcohol, like that can come up easy. Yes. Um, so we don't want to come from that, but we just want to give you the facts and the facts are the facts and take it or leave it, but let's kick it off. Um, we're actually going to put a link for a Huberman podcast in the show notes. It's all about alcohol. This podcast blew my freaking mind because like I knew it was bad, but some of those facts are just like, oh my gosh. And like Huberman's a freaking genius. He is. He's so dense though. Like I need to break it up into little sections. Yeah. Yeah. There was a a lot of parts of it that I had to like re-listen to. I was like, wait, what? (laughs) What was that word? Let me, let me look. Yeah. (laughs) But no, let's dive into it. So here are just some alcohol facts for you. Um, well, one thing, the body sees it as a toxin. So literally when you have alcohol in your system, it is going to put everything else on hold any other bodily function is not going to happen because it's trying to get rid of that alcohol. Right. And our bodies literally convert it to poison. Yeah. Like it's in our, it's terrible. 
in our liver, which is our detox system. We want that thing to be good. You don't need a detox tea. You need your liver to be good. So that's, that's a big one. Um, let's talk about the gut. Yeah. So I know that it, it kills good bacteria in the gut, which is obviously very detrimental to everything, right? Mm-hmm. Our guts and- are second brain, our guts, our guts are second brain, right? So how does that affect mood, sleep, like so many different factors? If, I mean, you just went through a gut protocol, right? That's like- literally what I'm doing right now. I'm repacking yeah. my gut because I had no good bacteria in my gut. So yeah. I mean, guys, it's not fun (laughs) to repopulate your gut. You got to go through the processes and you got to work through every inch of your life. So if you can avoid it by not drinking, do it. Yeah. And I mean, like I said, it's, it's a hard habit to break, but there's so many just awful things that this, it it does to your body, like outside of feeling like shit the next day. Right. Cause it's, it's very much a a short-term gratification for a long-term negative effect. Well, it's a, um, what's the word? It's a downer. So it's, um, can't think of the scientific term, but it's basically going to make you, you drink to get away from things, but it is going to make you feel worse and it's going to make you feel worse about yourself and right, right, right. So in that podcast that we referenced, which we're going to throw that in the show notes, guys, listen to it because it's freaking awesome. But it affects the hypothalamus, which then affects the pituitary gland, which that is going to fuck up your adrenals, your hormones, your cortisol levels, cortisol, stress hormone. Guys, it's going to make you more stressed out, more anxious, more depressed, long term. Then it's going to affect your gut which then is going to affect your whole body. It all plays off of each other. (laughs) Everything is connected. And also within that, it doesn't just affect you while you're drinking. So what that's going to do is the increase of cortisol, that's going to produce more when you're not drinking. Your baseline. Like, that's terrible. So that means that even if you are drinking, you know, once a month, that those effects are going to stay with you for the rest of that month. Like it, I know that he had talked more of like, yeah, I mean, obviously any alcohol is going to have those. That'll obviously be a less effect. Um, I think the, the like ratio he had mentioned was like one to two drinks a day, which that can be okay. in that can be categorized. However, whether that's you're having seven to 14 drinks over the weekend, you know, mm-hmm. or you're drinking daily, like that's a very consistent alcohol intake. It's, yeah. it's a high, it's a high rate. Like that's big. And so, how many people do you know that they don't drink throughout the week, but then on the weekends, you know, they're getting all sorts of messed up and, you know, not just having one to two drinks over the weekend, but they're getting, you know, blackout. Yeah. Yeah. So he had said that if you're having like one to two drinks a week, that's like, what did he say about that? A day. No, Uh, he didn't say a whole lot about 
in, in the parts that I was listening to, um, of oh gosh, sorry, <laughs> earthquake over here. Um, a week, he didn't really do Most of the studies are based off of like one to two a day. And that would be considered like consistent, but obviously the less it's going to be less effective, the less you drink, obviously. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's good to know. That's good. That's a good realization because a lot of people will say, well, I don't drink during the week. Mm-hmm. I'll just drink on the weekends when I go out with my yeah. friends. How much are you drinking on the weekends? Yeah. How, how is it? How often is it that people are having one to do two drinks on the weekend? Because it's so easy once you let those inhibitions down to just have more. And you, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And it's, it's a very, we're just talking about how there's also different like chemical makeup of how certain people are affected by it too. There are more people that are, I'm trying to remember how he said, but it was, it's basically like you're more apt to, you have a drink and you either you get that little like energy increase and then you're like tired after, right? Or there's the people that have that one drink and they're energized and then they just keep going. And you're like more apt to then be an alcoholic because they want to continue that. It's almost like the dopamine spikes. Like they'll get a little bit of dopamine and then they want some more, Mm -hmm. which a lot of us have that personality. We just have found other ways to put in that dopamine spike. Bingo. (laughs) There are ways, even if you have that personality, because I know we both are like that. Um, But of course, we have addictive personalities. (laughs) Case in point. There you go. We just channel it into different things. Right. And it's just breaking that habit. And, you know, like I said, we'll, we'll go through some different tips and like ways to approach that because we've both gone through it. I used to drink every single weekend. Like a lot, a lot. (laughs) And looking back, it's like, I was, I, I was fat. I felt like shit. Like (laughs) same. And my body, like I was not happy. I did not like who I was. Right. So many things that went into it. So let's dive into, let's dive into our experiences. Yeah. You You want to go first? I'll go first. Okay. I'll go first. I really, so so I was never like over the top with drinking, but I always hung out with groups of friends that drank a lot and it would really only be on the weekends for the most part. Um, But I would be getting drunk every single weekend and it's just what you did, you know, garage parties, house parties, basement parties, drink every weekend. And then you feel like shit the next day. Point blank, right? Um, There was a time in my life where I was really into craft beer. And like, that was, oh my God, that was the worst because I got so fat. (laughs) Oh my God. It was so terrible. It's such a stigma about people that are really into craft beer. And just, (laughs) but I mean, I just remember also like my digestion when I loved like dark craft beer, like my digestion, my digestion was shit. It was awful. It was so bad. Like I just constantly felt bloated. And then um, I would start going to like lighter liquors and I really made that 
I, I felt better drinking that when I was drinking, making that switch from like beer in general, because literally every time I would have beer, I would just blow it up and just feel yeah. like crap. And I just like, my body cannot handle it. Sorry. <laughs> Here we are. Um, but really I would say once I started lifting consistently and seriously is when I was more conscious of it. And I started slowing down drinking on the weekends and guys, like the relationship I was in, like he drank consistently. This is something that I, I made a conscious effort myself. I didn't put that on anyone else. I didn't ask anyone else to join me in doing that. It was something that I wanted to do for myself and that's harder to do when you have a partner that drinks, but it it's that conscious choice of what's going to be best for me, you know? And, and that's at the time that I was getting more into bodybuilding. He didn't, he didn't work out at all. Like it was a very different thing and it was a, it was a big change for me. And it was a big change within where we were too, because I was becoming more conscious of all of these things my food intake, my alcohol intake, my energy output, my exercise. And it was, I wouldn't say that there wasn't support, but it wasn't like, it wasn't, it wouldn't have, it probably would have been easier if, right. You were both in this same kind of like state of mind. Yeah. I would assume. Anyway, tangent <laughs> no that's a good important one because a lot of yeah people, no, yeah it's, it's relatable that. it's definitely yeah. relatable because I know that a lot of people don't have that that alignment within their friendships their relationships let's I want to dive into that because when I started drinking less okay now I'm gonna go on a tangent go your friends that sh- it is the fucking most bizarre thing to me when people try to get you to drink when you are consciously not drinking or lessening your drinking or they're like oh just have a drink oh just have a shot like Mm -hmm. why is it that people will put this pressure on someone who is not drinking I know why because they can't do it but (laughs) <laughs> They're self-conscious. You're making them uncomfortable. So they want to make sure that you are back to their level. Right. Now that you're above them, but it's just like they want to even the playing field. Right. Um, not only that, but if you say you don't drink, people automatically assume that you had an issue in the past. Yes. That's a good one too. And these things are just want- like mind blowing to me. And I love this wave that's coming of people that are being sober, that are becoming sober. It is the most like my heart is so warm when I see a longer list of non-alcoholic beverages on a menu mm-hmm. when you're out or people that are just drinking water or, you know, a diet soda or whatever, but being like that, it I, I feel myself getting excited about this because it's just something that I'm so passionate about. It's the coolest thing to me. Now that more people are becoming sober, regardless, those people that are pressuring you into drinking when you are making this conscious decision, cut them the fuck out. 
If they're going to put that pressure on you, you don't need them around. There are plenty of people that you can be around. I have a ton of friends that drink. That's fine. Do it. Do what you want to do. But don't demonize me for not drinking because you know you can't make that decision. Yeah. Or you won't make that decision. And it can be from pressuring you to take a drink with them or a shot with them to making little snide comments. You mm-hmm. don't need it. You do not need it. It's hard enough as it is. Be just- supportive. Be supportive of people's health and minds. Like those people that have the best interest, your best interest interest in mind and actually truly support you will do just that. Mm-hmm. Whether they follow along or not, it doesn't matter, but they will still support your sobriety if that's what you want to do. Yep. Your steps towards being more conscious of it. It doesn't have to be completely sober, you know, whatever your goal is with it. Yeah. It's, it's something so so bizarre to me that people will like look down on you because you won't drink (laughs) it's just the craziest thing to me and sadly I'm used to it and I've gotten to a point even in even in prepping right where it's like you won't eat the same food as people at like holiday functions I've literally made this realization and I've said it out loud (laughs) I'm like it literally bothers other people more than it bothers me yeah I'm not partaking in this oh yeah and that's not my problem and that's the best way to approach it food drinking whatever it is it's not your issue right you just do what you need to do but go back to your story so you sorry um, we're gonna reel it in (laughs) yeah no no that was a good tangent um, but what happened with your friends? What happened with your relationship as you continued down that road? They became more supportive because they saw how serious I got and, and enthralled I got into fitness, bodybuilding, competing, things like that. And just truly how my character as well as my physical developed within that too. Um, And I have a lot of people that come to me that ask about, you know, drinking less or eating healthy more often because it's just something that I live. It's not just, I mean, I, I don't preach it. If you want to hear me out, cool. That's, that's, but I'm not going to like shove it down your throat. But if you have questions, I'm all ears and I'll give you, you know, these tangible resources to make these steps of moving in the right direction, but also making sure that you're surrounding yourself with people that are supportive of that too. Because if there are people that are not, all they're going to keep doing is dragging you down. Yes. And it's going to be working against you. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. It's going to be 10 times harder for you because you're going to have to combat that along with combating your own brain of changing your habits. Right. And I think just realizing that like you You literally don't have to drink when you go out to have fun. And if you do, you have some work to do. Yeah. And, you know, admitting that is the first step. So if you're there, I was there too, but you got to admit it first and then figure it out. Right. And so just within that, um, drinking less when I, so I, my first like actual dieting phase, I, significantly started drinking less. Um, but I completely pretty much dropped it. Well, obviously throughout my first prep, I went, I had none. 
Um, and that's really where everything kind of shifted in my mind where I was like, oh shit, I really don't need this. Cause you like you being, cause that prep was 21 weeks going 21 weeks straight with being 100% on my diet and absolutely no alcohol. That was the big turning point for me was that first prep because after that was over with, it wasn't even a thought in my mind because I was so used to putting myself in situations of going out to eat with friends. And I would sit there with my meal and my lemon water or diet Coke that that's just what I became accustomed to. And it didn't even like occur to me to think after the fact to like order a drink. And I will tell you post-show I ordered a margarita. I had three sips of it and I was like, I don't want this. And I will drink very, very, very occasionally really only if I'm like at a, like a, a nice cocktail bar. And I like really appreciate like a nice crafted cocktail because it's just like, it's an awesome craft to me. Um, but it's like, I'll have maybe one or I will even get a non, non-alcoholic one. Um, and that's all I really have. Or I'll have like a pour of something over ice, whether it's like bourbon or like a nice tequila or something like that. Oh my God. <laughs> Every like, I seriously drink maybe three times a year, if that. And after just knowing the effects of how it truly does affect my body, not in like a, I feel hungover state, but like, I know that I hold water after like the day after. And I just feel like, eh. Yeah. It's just like, not, it's just not something that I want to do. And it's like, why would I even subject myself to it? Yeah. So many other things that you can do. It's just like, it's such a weird stigma that is like, I have to go out and drink when party with my friends. Like you don't such a big part of our culture Mm -hmm. and there's reasons for that. I mean, look at 2020, they left the liquor stores open and closed everything else, but right. Yeah. So go into your story. All right. So I'm very similar to you. Um, I actually did not start drinking though. Like regularly until after high school, I was never one to drink in high school. Um, but then it was the era of garage parties and which let's just tangent for a second. I miss garage parties. Like I miss that time of my life. <laughs> it was a great time that. of my life. I, I will. Yeah, for sure. They, they were fun, but like the basement parties, the house parties, definitely drinking every weekend, sometimes drinking during the week. And then I actually went to a college though, that I had a sign and covenant that I would not drink broke that covenant every time I would come home. But when I was in college, I wouldn't drink. And then I would come home and I would drink with my friends. So it kind of just was the people I was surrounding myself with. Um, Turned into not really drinking that much for a little bit. I had my son and then I became a bartender when I was like 24. That's actually where I met my husband, Um, which that'll come in later. But I turned into every single, every other weekend when I didn't have my son, I was out partying and it was a lot. Um, and then it turned into just a way of life. I, that's what we did. We went out on the weekends and maybe we would have a glass of wine or a bottle of wine during the week. Um, 
and it was just normal. So I actually started cutting back on my drinking. I did 75 hard in 2019. So that was the first time I actually went somewhere and didn't drink and realized, oh, okay. Like I can for a extended period of time, not drink. Mm -hmm. Um, but I still wasn't there because I finished 75 hard and then day 76, I had some wine and then I realized I don't really like this. So that's when I kind of started cutting back a little bit, but it still was a very social thing for me because I'm a quiet person. And if I'm in a room full of people that I feel like I don't really click with that buffer of alcohol was what did it for me. So when I would go out with my husband, who was very social I met him at a bar. He likes going to the bar. Um, I would have to have a drink so I could be social with people. And when I started my first prep, that's what really did it for me of realizing, oh, okay, I one, I don't have to go to the bar. I don't have to be with friends with the same people that he's friends with. I can have my own group of people. Um, but then also I can go out and not drink. And I actually like who I am without alcohol. I don't like waking up and you feel like shit, but then you're also like running through your head of everything you said. You're like, oh my God, why did I say that? I'm definitely the girl that will make best friends with the girl in the bathroom. Like we will be best friends and I will tell her my life story. And then you wake up the next morning. You're like, God damn, I don't even know who that person was like, (laughs) and we live in a small town. So that's even worse. Um, But yeah, that was really my, it's been a long journey. It's been a very, very long journey. Um, I remember telling a friend in 2021, like I can't not drink on the weekends and it like, I don't even know. It really came down to who I was surrounding myself with. Um, and being okay in my own skin. That was the biggest thing. A lot of us, when we feel like we can't go out without alcohol, we have to do some inner work of why and kind of dive deep into that and figuring out what we actually like and what we like, what makes us us without having to buffer ourselves. So that was so good. Damn, Becky, that was so good. (laughs) Well, good. Cause I feel like I was all over the place, but no, I- but your, your point of that is it's so true, right? People will rely on drinking to help them make feel, make them feel better about something, right? Oh, you had a hard day at work. Come home and have a drink. Oh, I need a drink. But all you're doing then is trying to put that buffer and escape your own reality. Yeah. And instead of fixing it, um, and I will and handle I, your. It's true. Just handle your shit. Um, the one thing that did, like, finally kick it for me because I've been sober since September of 2022, and the only reason I know that is because we went on our first anniversary. We went to Galena, which is in Illinois. It's like this really cute town. They have this winery there that I absolutely love, and I used to love wine. Anything mimosas are still kind of I miss mimosas a little bit um the non-alcoholic one you can make but I was there and I was like I'm gonna make 
myself be sober for a year and just see if I can do it. I just came out of my first prep. I knew I was going into a growth phase. I knew that for my bodybuilding goals, it wasn't going to serve me. But I also knew that I was still very much in that environment of it's normal to drink. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I knew that I needed a hard reset. And I gave myself that ultimatum and got to September of 2023. My life did a complete turnaround, came out of prep from my second prep of North Americans. And there was a moment where I was in Virginia Beach with a friend and was like, oh, I could get a mimosa if I wanted to right now. I was like, I don't want to. Um, So we just kept it going and this is where I'm at. So I think it's living outside of that absolute of I'm not going to drink right now, but also I know that it doesn't serve me, like you said. Right. Yeah, no, that's a great point. And I kind of want to touch on, because you talked about mimosas and it made me just think of this picture. And can we just like talk about old pictures of us, right? When you see an old picture of yourself when you are partying, like how disgusting I felt. Like I feel looking back at that person. Like it's such a it's such a wake up call. Yeah. To like look at pictures and be like, wow, I look trashed. Like that's terrible. And then you look in your eyes and you're just like, I look empty. Yeah. 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 And maybe I didn't feel empty then. Right. But like knowing, knowing where you, you are now and how you feel without, without it for so long. It's like, I couldn't even imagine being back there. It makes me want to hug that girl. I'm going to get emotional (laughs) because it makes me want to hug that girl. Cause like, I am definitely dealing with like a whole bunch of self-worth stuff that's coming up. And looking back, like that girl was just trying to hide all of that through alcohol. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's a very good point. It's not just like how you look, because I definitely looked at disgusting too. I was, I was just like a marshmallow. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Where I was. And I just wanted to be like, so desperately wanted to be like that fit girl, but I wouldn't give up those habits. And it's hard. So hard. But, but it's doable. Let's get into how we did it. This is my favorite part because it really comes down to habits. And it, guys, like, I know if you're going through dry January or you're just like, you know, I kind of want to cut back on the weekends. You're like, how the fuck do I do it? Or what do sober people do for fun on the weekends? That is a big question. So... What do you do for fun on the weekend, Sarah, when you're not drinking? I sit on my couch with Toby. (laughs) I mean, I I definitely do that. But like, I still, like I said, like the other night, I want to, I wanted to catch up with one of my good friends. We went out and played pool and I literally drank a Diet Coke. And this literally anyone that I like go out to eat with, everyone knows that I get a Diet Coke and a water with a lemon. Every single time without fail or a diet Pepsi, if they don't have Coke, whatever, but (laughs) like you can still go and do those things. But I would say that my, my biggest thing is 
differentiate those people that are dragging you back. You know, you can, I, I have a couple good friends that they love to drink and that's just what they love to do. And that's okay. That's totally okay. I don't look down on them for that. And like my one friend, she's like, Hey, let's go. You know, I know you're not going to drink, but like, let's go, you know, to this hole in the wall. And because I know that you're still a blast and I'll go out and guess what? I know that she has a ride home yeah. and if she's not going to be driving home all fucked up yeah, or having yeah. to worry about ordering an Uber. Cause guess what? You're there. I don't, yeah. Like that is also very built in me is to like be that like mama bear and like make sure that everyone's good. And if that means going out with a bunch of people that are drinking, I know I can still have a good time with them and I can make sure that they're getting home safely and not hurting themselves or someone else. Yeah. I do. I don't, I don't go out anymore. <laughs> I, yeah. It's very I, few and far between that I do, but, but that's the thing. It's like, you don't have to like seclude yourself. Yes. You do it's not have very to. very doable. Yeah. To, to still just like when we're in prep, right. You don't have to go hermit you can still go and do things with your friends go on coffee dates go you know go to, go to the mall go shop whatever you want to do but it doesn't mean you have to partake in alcohol or other bad habits or junk food yeah. it's it all rolls into each other it's just being conscious and making that conscious decision to break those habits of things that you associate doing certain things when you're in certain scenarios with certain people yeah. Yeah. So I, when I'm in a situation where I will go out, um, because I mean, I'm married to somebody that likes alcohol a lot and we would go out every once in a while. And it was a struggle, um, because you're talking to people that are inebriated and you're not, and you're like, I, think that you're a really fucking awesome person but right now you're not like yeah. that's the hardest part for me um but if I was gonna go out and I really want to go like there was a concert and it was like 90s boy bands things we had so much fun at that thing and I drank water the whole time I was on a gut protocol like I couldn't drink a diet coke still can't um but I drank water the whole time and it was so much fun. So just putting yourself in those situations, drinking water and just being curious, I think is the biggest thing. Like if you feel like you have to have a drink in order to have fun, give yourself one weekend where you're just like, you know what, for shits and giggles, I'm going to be sober and I'm going to do the same routine that I normally do and just see what happens. Mm -hmm. I think that's the biggest game changer for me is just putting myself in situations. Yeah. And just... I think that's a really good tip is start with one weekend, right? Yeah. It's not like a, I have to do this forever. Start with a weekend, see how it goes. You know, it might be easier than you think. And if you're going to sit here and be like, well, it's really hard. Yeah. It's going to be hard if you're telling yourself it's hard. Exactly. Into those situations, lean into the difficult. Cause guess what? Regardless, you're not going to grow if you're not putting yourself in uncomfortable situations. We've talked about this a million times. You know, um, I would say that my biggest tangible, like actionable step 
when I was cutting back drinking or when I was in prep for that first time was you're so used to when you are like, cause I would always go up to the, the upper peninsula with my ex and his family and they love to drink like all day, all weekend. And it was just what you did. You just woke up bonfire drinking, drink all day, grilling food, like whatever. Yeah. Having something in your hand, I would have water, iced coffee. Guess what? You know how many bottles of Mio I went through? Because I just wanted something in my hand to drink. And A, guess what? You're getting your you're getting way more water in. But it's not just plain boring water. You feel like you're you don't feel so excluded, right? excluded if you have something in your hand and you are doing that habitual drinking when you're around people that are drinking that's my biggest tip is just always have something in your hand it doesn't even have to be something that you have to drink just literally it could be an empty cup like anything but having that something in your hand to just like replace whatever I would go out to you know bars with people and I would just order water Squirt some meal in it. Guess what? Then you're not even being questioned. Yeah. Yeah. That is such a good tip. That is, oh, I wish I remembered that one because that is so true. You just want something to hold in your hand. And nine times out of 10, the people that are drinking, that's all they want too. They just want this habit of drinking. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I would even say that that goes into like, people that want to quit smoking too, right? It's that that action of that repeated habit where like if you put something in your hand to just replace it, a pen, anything, like that will start to break it because then you're more conscious of it too because you're like, oh, this is different. But like, it's kind of the same. And then you start getting used to that and it, it breaks it and it just makes it a lot easier. That was the biggest thing when I quit drinking was just making sure that I had something in my hand. I lived off iced coffee and water with me <laughs> I love it. That, yeah, that is such a good tip. Um, another thing that I was thinking is like planning dates for your friend group that don't revolve around what you normally do. So push them out of their comfort zone too. Maybe it's going for a hike. Maybe it's, you know, getting coffee on a Saturday afternoon versus meeting up at the bar Saturday night. Um, I, I t- going to top golf. I know you can drink there too, but like you're doing an activity versus just going to the bar. Right. Rather than just like sitting there. Right. Cause even when, like, I just went to the bar with my friend over the weekend and we were sitting there at the bar talking and I was just like, let's go play pool. Yeah. Doing something. And it's not that I like had to replace, you know, just like, drinking or anything like that but like getting up and doing something rather than just like sitting it's the same it guess what my step count was higher that day like (laughs) we're like crazy like that but it's just like something that I noticed right like you're up and moving and doing something physical rather than just sitting there and then you're more apt to fall into your old habits that way yeah yeah um also If you are having an issue with cutting back on drinking, I know um, 
some people in my life that have tried to cut back on drinking, they'll just switch to NAs and they'll still go to the bar. If this is something that you're having issues with, just eliminate that place for a little bit. Like we said, give yourself a weekend or give yourself a month. I really like that. I really like that. Just start small. Yeah. It's digestible. You don't have to, and don't be a hermit that weekend too. Plan a friend date, plan a self date, take yourself out to a movie and a coffee shop or a hike, or, you know, go to sleep early and go watch the sunrise on Sunday morning. Do something that you normally wouldn't do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I love that. And I think starting small is just the biggest, the biggest step, right? It's, you don't have to go dry January or say you're, you know, cold turkey from now on or whatever, right? Start small and stack those little habits, break those little habits that you're used to that have been ingrained in you for years that you're used to doing for years with the same people over and over and over again. Realize you're not going to grow if you're not putting yourself into uncomfortable situations and leaning into the hard things that you have to break for the overall greater good of your health and your mental and your physical and your overall well-being. Yeah. I think we're just going to leave it there. That was <laughs> that was a good ending. Anything else? Mm-mm. That's it. That's all like I, I said, guys, I, I want to reiterate on both of our behalf, like we're not demonizing. We're not, you know, looking down on anyone that chooses to drink. But obviously there are a lot of really terrible effects of alcohol consumption. It does a lot more in our bodies than we know. Go listen to that Huberman podcast because I was mind blown at the actual chemical differences that it makes in our bodies. It's not just a, oh, once it's out of my body, it's, it's done. No, there are long-term effects that it affects your brain, the rest of your body, the chemicals in your body, the hormones in your body. It's crazy. And just being more conscious of it is it's the best decision that I've made. I agree. And I will say as a mom, the generational, the generational, um, effects that I can have that I've seen in my own personal family and everything. I've had so many stories. It, it, do yourself the favor. If you are even thinking about taking a step back, take that step back. If it's not for That's you, tough. it's for the snowball effect. Love that. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it affects, it can affect a lot of people around you. Everyone. You know, it affects everyone. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so, get emotional. <laughs> I like your tip of starting small. I think that that is the biggest, the biggest actionable tip and step that we can give is starting small. Challenge yourself for a day that you would normally go out, a weekend that you would normally go out. Don't do something else. Do something else. Just That's to see too. how much better you feel. <laughs> yeah. How much more you get done. One thing I did want to bring up really quickly and then we'll cut it here. But uh, it was something that Huberman mentioned on the podcast was if you are going to start reducing or weaning off or going cold turkey, expect to feel anxious 
and everything like that. If that is something that you are used to, because being without it, it's the same kind of thing. Your body has to like rid it for a bit. So don't expect to just quit cold turkey when you're a regular drinker and be like, I feel great. Like it's probably going to take a bit too. That makes but sense. start small because that's the only way to take that first step. I love that. I love that you put that in there too. Yeah. You're going to have to detox a little bit. It's like caffeine, like anything, but yeah. yeah. That's something I need to get better about. Oh, me too. Well, <laughs> but <laughs> all right, Anyways, guys. guys. Um, no medical advice or anything like that. We are not doctors. <laughs> We're here. We're not doctors. <laughs> Just our personal experiences and literally go listen to that podcast because it's crazy informative. Yeah. Yeah. Again, that's yeah. going to be show notes for you. If, and I am so open to discussing this one-on-one with people. Like if you actually want to talk about tips and literally personal things that like I went through to help reduce drinking, like I am all ears. I will listen to anyone about this because it's something that I'm so passionate about. Same here. Same here, guys. Like I, like I said, this hits home very, it's very, very personal. So if you want to jump in my DMs and discuss it, I am all ears. Your life will change. Yep. We'll see you guys next week. All right. Have a good one. (laughs)